when you start to hear that inner critic, maybe you even take it as you're actually doing something really good. So maybe hearing that inner critic is like, oh, okay, I am up-leveling. Oh, I am doing something good. I'm going to say goodbye to her and I'm going to keep moving forward because I know that's validation that I'm up-leveling my energy. Hello and welcome to Nourish. My name is Kasha and I'm a holistic counselor and first-year doctoral student studying acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine. My mission with this podcast is to share the stories of inspiring humans who have discovered that elusive state of balance between the Western concept of success with more Eastern philosophies of inner knowing and spirituality. Think yin and yang and flow. Now, These two do not need to be separate, but I know firsthand how difficult it can be to reconcile them. As a Silicon Valley burnout SKP myself, teaser, I left the tech world after 10 years of a thriving career in product management. I want to share the stories that I wish I had heard when I was struggling to find that balance and flow myself. My hope is that these interviews can inspire you to rethink your own approach to mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. And if you are struggling, find your way back to authentic alignment. So, sit back, relax, and ground yourself back home, my love. Now let's get started. Hi loves, Kasha here. Welcome back to Nourish. If you're listening to this and you're in the Northern Hemisphere, welcome to summer. All right. Well, for some of us, I'm actually knee deep in my doctoral program studying Chinese medicine. And since this is a year round for your program, I'm actually studying and not on summer break. But as I'm editing this podcast, I cannot help but feel summer vibes because my next guest is not only a mystic spiritual queen, but she's also about to launch the most amazing summer camp program that I've ever seen out there. But okay. Before I get all goo goo gaga over spiritual summer camp, let's give my next guest a quick intro. Nicole Marilyn is a certified intuitive healer, medium, psychic meditation teacher, and spiritual mentor who empowers women to heal from past trauma, reclaim their personal power, and elevate spiritually. After a five-year battle with an abusive relationship, grief, depression, and skin and gut health issues, Nicole turned to meditation and intuitive healing as a final call for help. This work changed her life in ways she couldn't even imagine. It gave Nicole her world back, and it's now her life's work to help others see the light within. Mm. On today's episode, we definitely get into the spiritual realm, but we go at it from a very personal perspective, really investigating the ways that each of us can tap into our unique intuitive gifts. We cover Nicole's background in energy work, her psychic mediumship background and healing arts. We talk about tapping into your intuitive gifts, those that each of us have and breaking some of the negative connotations that come with terms like psychic and whatnot. We talk about Nicole's transition from her food page on social to showing up with her spiritual gifts and how that dose of authenticity transformed her career and life. We also talk about the interesting topic of energetic shedding and how that can show up in terms of changes to our body, but also our physical states. So not just our spiritual and emotional states, but our physical states. We talk about deciphering intuition versus analytical thinking and so much more. Y'all, Nicole is truly a gift to have on the podcast. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did and make sure to stick around till the end to hear more about spiritual summer camp. And now without further ado, let's jump on in and welcome Nicole to the Nourish Podcast. Nicole, 
Welcome. I am so excited to have you here. I have been literally giddy with excitement since oh. our email thread where we decided we were going to do this. I absolutely adore your Instagram. And right now I feel like I'm in some sort of like sacred spiritual container talking to you. So I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for joining this conversation. You are so sweet. I am honored to be here and I cannot wait to chat with you. Awesome. Well, we have a lot to cover. I mean, I'm going to try to fit in as much of it as I can in this time span, but I really love to kick it off with a question that I ask each and every guest, and that is, what are three words, non-work related, or perhaps, I mean, for you, if you feel like that's fluid, you know, they can be work related too, that you would use to describe yourself? Hmm. I know my work is so much of what I do, but I also think it's so important to have like distinct, you know, energies that aren't just your work. So hmm, I would say the first thing that comes up is genuine. The second thing that comes up is connected. And the last one is mystical. I don't know why mystical is coming up, but yeah, genuine, connected, mystical. Well, I certainly know why mystical is coming up. Are you kidding? <laughs> that like when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that is truly the energy that you give off. So it makes perfect sense to me. I love those. <laughs> Thank you. So you are a psychic medium, meditation teacher, mentor. Can you share a little bit about what is the work that you do? Yeah, of course. So the work that I do, it really is all around helping men and women reconnect to themselves. So yes, I have the titles of, you know, psychic and medium and meditation guide and all of those things. But really at the core of the work that I do is just helping other people. So I am really trained in the intuitive healing world, the psychic world. And so I do a lot of work kind of in that psychic space, whether it's one-on-one -on -one with people, really helping them release energy from their bodies, do energy work, or even, you know, mediumship, which is connecting to loved ones and spirit that is past. And so my work is really fluid kind of in just showing up for others and really holding space for their healing, their transformation, and really just helping them reconnect. That word has been coming up for a lot, a lot for me lately, this idea of reconnecting. And I think that's kind of a really strong word of everything that I do, whether it's reconnecting with yourself, your purpose, your highest self, your authentic self, your intuition, your spirit guides, a loved one. There is just this energy of reconnection that I think is so beautiful throughout all the work that I do. So beautifully said. And, you know, one of the things that really drew me to you is how accessible and really how modern I felt that you kind of translated things like psychic, medium. I mean, those are words that are pretty heavy, I think, for a lot of people and also very elusive. They have... Mm -hmm a lot of different kind of associations. And so I'm so curious for you, like, what was the experience of stepping into, wow, I have these gifts or I associate as this type of person? So it's funny you bring that up because I actually used to not use the word psychic. I used to be very afraid of the word psychic. I used to think it had, you know, all of these really just negative connotations to it. Because when we think about the word psychic, right, we've been trained that a psychic is someone who, you know, sits with their crystal ball and maybe it's negative or maybe they predict these, like when you're going to die, right? Like that's what my brain used to go to. And so for me, as I started to really unravel and explore my gifts and see, oh, wow, I have these abilities, I really kind of dove into the word intuitive for a long time. You know, I'm an intuitive healer. I work in the intuitive space. And as I kind of went through and got a little bit deeper in my work and really started leaning into mediumship, I started to really understand that, you know, the intuitive space is also the psychic space. And I felt as if I was really holding myself back from the depths of my work and the depths of my gifts by not using that word. And so it did, you know, there was kind of a bit of work for me to do to be like, okay, what is my programming around psychic? And I'm sure everyone else has similar programming to me. And so once I really stepped into, you know, okay, I am a psychic. And even if I 
I'm not making, you know, psychic predictions because that's not really something that I do. I can still really work in that space and use that word and own it. And after doing that, I also had a good friend who came into my life who fully owned her word psychic. And I was like, oh, she can do it. I can do it. Okay, this isn't weird. I can make this modern. I can make this me. I can really, you know, step into this energy. And as soon as I did, I felt an immediate shift in my work in the just depths of what I was experiencing with my clients. And I think it really kind of took me to that next level. So like you said, you know, the word accessible is so important to me. I think that everyone really needs the opportunity and could benefit from the opportunity of healing. And whether that's with, you know, energy work or connecting with a loved one or whatever it is, I think having these things really accessible to people, whether it's through a free meditation or, you know, a $15 challenge or taking a workshop. I think it's so important that we are creating space for people to just connect with themselves and start to heal. Oof, it's so juicy from the beginning. I love it. (laughs) I absolutely love that we're talking about this. And, you know, I appreciate you being so vulnerable in sharing how difficult it was to step into that. And it so resonates with me. I mean, everything you're saying, you know, from kind of stepping into your gifts, but also stepping into your identity. And that can be so terrifying. Um, So I've definitely mentioned this on the podcast. So perhaps some of the listeners are familiar, but if they're just tuning in, I transitioned from like a high tech world into studying Chinese medicine and Mm -hmm. being able to even say out loud that I was interested in that was so terrifying. And so, you know, I cannot even imagine, you know, trying to own that whole side of yourself because I feel like there are even more kind of belief systems or like preconceptions around that. And you do it so gracefully, so beautifully. You make me want to be a psychic, honestly. <laughs> that's Come just, be one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know, I don't know if I have that gift, but that's a whole separate thread. Um, yeah. But I'm just so curious, like, what was the process of recognizing for yourself that you have these gifts? Like, did you always know that you had them or, you know, it was just kind of like coming home to yourself? Yes. So first off, you know that you are a psychic. We all are. And we'll get there. We'll get there. But just have to start with that. So, you know, my gifts, um, I think we all have moments in our life where we feel connected to something, right? Whether it is an intuitive hit or you just, I don't know, as a child, I've always just felt connected. And I did used to see spirits when I was younger. I kind of lived in a house where it was very welcoming and open and my parents are both in functional medicine. And so I really kind of had this like through line of health and wellness. My dad taught me how to meditate. So it was very much an environment where if I wanted to learn about astrology, that was welcomed. If I was, you know, curious about lucid dreaming, that was also welcomed. And so I think as a child, I just kind of nurtured these different sides of me. Um, However, I did have an experience kind of as I got a little bit older with a spirit that like really rocked me. And I think I kind of closed things off sight-wise, I would say, um, from then on. But I've always kind of had this feeling of maybe I can move things with my hands or I can feel energy or I've, I've just always had that connection, that knowing of connection. Um, But as we do, you know, we get a little bit older, we're in high school, we're going to college, and I really kind of lost touch with all of those sides of me, you know, whether it was my health journey, um, really taking care of my body, I was in a really kind of dark place with an old relationship. And so there was just a lot of darkness in my space for some time. And it really kind of disconnected me from any sort of spirituality However, looking back, I do realize that through those dark times, I was always so guided. And even though maybe I didn't see in the moment how I was connecting, I was always following my intuition, even though I was kind of like in this haze of, you know, isolation and a toxic relationship and abuse and all of that. And so kind of coming out of that time of my life, um, I started to really kind of reconnect with myself. And first it was through health. I started to kind of just 
have a lot of different health issues. I grew up as a dancer. I was like, what is going on with my body? I don't recognize myself anymore. Why am I having these health issues? And so from there, that kind of got me to, you know, start eating better, start coming back to my roots. And from there, that's when, you know, meditation came back into my life. So it was kind of this like slow baby steps of coming back to my health, coming back to meditation, coming back to, you know, spirituality and angel cards and all these things that I used to really love and do when I was younger. And as that began unfolding and I started reconnecting, um, especially in like the meditation space, I was actually working at a meditation studio. So I was very much around all this stuff for a while. And then I just started experiencing things. I started to experience really a lot of depth in, you know, my own practices. I started to see an intuitive healer and I really got to, you know, get to the root of why I felt so stuck in my body, why I felt so lost. And as soon as I started doing that work with the healer, I was like, oh, I need to do this. Like, I feel called this just, it feels like I need to try this. So I started to do an intuitive healing certification. And as soon as I did that, it was like this remembering of, oh, this is it. For so long, I was searching for what my purpose was, what my passions were, what I wanted to do for work. It was always all these things, you know, trying all the different jobs and I'm a manifesting generator. So I love everything and I try all the things all the time. But I was always like, well, when am I going to find my thing? Like, I'm kind of over trying all the things. Like, like, yeah, it's fun. But as soon as I took that intuitive healing certification, it was like, oh, here it is. And then my gifts just really began to unfold from there. And it, the rest is kind of history. It all started there. And now we're here. I love how your story really flows together. And I feel like whenever we look forward, it doesn't necessarily make sense. But looking back, everything just fits into place. I want to ask this question, this next question, because I do think that whether folks are interested in tuning into their own intuition, which we're definitely going to get to, and like their own psychic gifts, which I'd love to ask you about, I do want to kind of dig into the process of coming out, so to speak, coming out of the spiritual closet, because I really have no other way to describe that. You know, I've looked at, and you've kind of been featured in all these different um, magazines and, you know, you're obviously online. And so it's not like this was always your life. And you did, you, you know, I mean, you obviously live in the modern age where not everyone is necessarily a psychic around us. It's amazing. It was welcoming at home. But what was the process of kind of starting to show up like this? And was that scary? Can you walk us through what that looks like or looked like for you? Yeah. So, you know, I, it did take a lot of time. Um, I actually started what is now, you know, my business spiritual page as a food page. And not a lot of people really know that. I mean, some people have been here since the day. It was called Nick Simple Living. So hello, if anyone's listening from that time, you remember. Um, So I actually, you know, started this journey as having this like food page. And um, that was really kind of where it started. And of course, you know, I had spiritual practices and I was really into sustainability and non-toxic living and kind of all of these things, but I packaged it in this very safe, you know, food. I like food. Everyone can connect with food. And so coming from there, you know, as I kind of got a little bit deeper into my certification, I remember I was really stuck in the food page because you know, it was different than my personal page. And I kind of went through as I'm sure a lot of people listening are also either going through or have gone through when you have these spiritual awakenings, there is a shedding that happens. And so I did lose a lot of my friends. And I kind of was in this place where I did feel alone. And that was just simply because I was shedding old energies, old friendships, old relationships that weren't serving me anymore. And so for me to then start showing up on this food page and know that I wanted to switch into sharing more about spirituality and all these things that I was experiencing, it was terrifying because one, you know, who's going to listen? Why would anyone listen to me? And I still had kind of this old identity that I was holding on to of, well, what will everyone think? And so it was this really interesting time where I kind of just stopped showing up at all. And I'll never forget one of my good friends, Larasia, who's an amazing meditation teacher. 
we ha- were on FaceTime one day and she was like, you just got to show up, like go do a video tomorrow. It doesn't matter what you look like at this time. I was very, um, I was still carrying a lot of energetic weight that I hadn't shed yet. And so, I mean, if you look back on my profile, there are videos and photos of me that look nothing like me. And so that was kind of the beginning of this journey. And it was like almost as if I was still holding on to that old identity and it was causing me to not even look like myself. And I'll never forget. She told me, just take a video, teach a lesson, speak how you want to speak, and then just post it. Just do it. I like, I challenge you to do it. And I'm a Capricorn. So if you challenge me, I'm, I'm going to do it. And so I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to do it. And I'll never forget that was the first video I ever posted where I showed my face. I like taught some sort of lesson and then I just started showing up. And, you know, it took me time to really start sharing about spirituality. But after I did that first video, she then challenged me, love her. She was like, just post about your donation readings because I was starting to practice readings on friends and family. And I really wanted to just kind of practice more and practice with people who I didn't know it's so much better reading for people that aren't your friends and family. Oh gosh. And so I was like, okay, I'll just do that. You know, I don't know if anyone's going to be open to it. Um, and I did it and I booked out and I was like, oh, people want this. Okay. And so it was kind of this unfolding very slowly of transitioning from only doing food where I'd never showed my face to showing my face starting to put myself out there because I was honestly challenged to do it. I don't know if I would have done it on my own because I was still really afraid. And as soon as I did that, it just started happening. And I think a lot of people ask me about this. How do I show up online? Or, you know, you look so comfortable when you go on lives and it's just kind of this constant thing of showing up and being yourself and knowing that all the people who are there watching you and joining are also just people and we all can be vulnerable and show up together. And so as I started to do donation readings, I started to, you know, kind of move away from food and show my face a little bit more. And it began to kind of unfold into, okay, now I'm going to transition, change my name to just my name and really kind of step into this new energy, this new being, this new person of Nicole Mariline as the healer, as the psychic, as the medium. So I share that whole story to show, you know, it wasn't just this overnight thing. And I wasn't just, you know, okay, here I am. I'm a psychic. Yay, everyone. You know, this is it. It really did take me a long time to even change my name from that old food identity and really step into this energy. So, you know, pivots, they don't always happen fast. And I think as long as you really have that energy of, I know I need to do this and I feel so good about it and it's genuine and I'm passionate about it, the pivot will happen in the time that it's meant to. And you'll know when it's time to like really step into that new energy. Mm. Ooh, I think that first of all, that inspires me. And I imagine that it probably inspires a lot of people listening to this um, no. because transitions are kind of like a constant in life. And it's so beautiful to hear your story of what it was like really stepping into your power. So you mentioned the topic of energetic shedding. And I think that is so interesting. And I'd love to dig into that a little bit more. You talked about how your body even looked different when you were kind of in this misalignment. Can you share with us a little bit, like, what do you mean by energetic shedding? And does it always show up physically? Um, I found that to be really, really interesting. I saw you also posted it online. Yeah. So energetic shedding is really interesting. It's really cool. And so, you know, for me personally, I had a very physical experience with my healing journey. Everyone's healing journey looks different. Um, but one thing that most people go through when, you know, they really start healing is what I like to call energetic shedding. So as humans, we are sponges. We are absorbing energy. We're absorbing energy from people we talk to, from experiences that we have, from you know belief systems that we grew up on. We're always kind of absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. And if you are in, you know, 
friendships, relationships, job experiences that are stressful, that are not in alignment with you. Maybe you don't have that great of boundaries. You're constantly absorbing not only the energy from, you know, that experience, those people, but also their energy too. And so one of the biggest things that I really help others with which was what really helped me, is how can we release this from the body to help you shed that energy? And so for me personally, it was all carried in my body and it showed up very physically. And so I went through this like stage of time where I was like, I'm working out so hard. I'm doing all the things. I was so strict with my eating that I think a lot of the things I was doing to try to fix it were actually counterintuitive, you know, looking back, but we all have to go through that. Um, And it wasn't until I really started looking energetically and doing some of this intuitive healing that I started to see the shift in my physical body. And so that energetic shedding is really just kind of as you start to align your life, as you start to raise your vibration, as you start to kind of work with practices like meditation and things that really change your frequency, you'll start to notice that people that don't feel aligned anymore will kind of start to shed out of your life, whether it's naturally, whether you start to feel like, oh, I don't feel good around this person anymore. And so maybe there's there's some distance that happens naturally. That's one of the biggest things I see with the spiritual journey and something that is really the reason why I want to create, you know, community and a, a safe place for people to come is so that as you're kind of going through the shedding where maybe you feel alone, you know you don't have to be alone because there's other people who will understand what's going on. And so In my personal experience, my shedding happened through energetic weight that I was holding on to with people and relationships, and I really didn't see the biggest shift until I physically moved out of LA. As soon as I moved out of the energy of LA, which, you know, there was a toxic job environment, a lot of stress, even just the stress of the city, the stress of being someone, the stress of, you know, all the things that happen in different cities, still love LA, no hate to LA. But it wasn't until I, and I got an intuitive hit about it and it happened very quickly, which is all the universe. We moved out into Seattle. And as soon as we did, I didn't really do anything very different. I actually started working out less. I started eating just more intuitively and, you know, maybe eating some of the quote unquote bad stuff that I used to think was bad. And I lost 20 pounds without trying, but it was all energetic weight. And I think, you know, That's why you can try all the diets, you can try all the things. And I really believe that it doesn't, change doesn't happen until you really address what's going on inside. And whether that's energy, whether that's trauma, whether that's beliefs, any of that, we carry so much on the inside. And I think it's some of the most powerful work to be able to go within and allow yourself to shed and release and find that freedom. Wow. I feel like I just had an epiphany because it is nuts, (laughs) but that experience resonates with me so deeply. I mean, I kind of transitioned out of the work that I was doing in tech um, in August and like over a period of a year, like the year before that, um, you know, I enrolled in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I did not change my diet. (laughs) If anything, I was probably eating again kind of similarly to you. Worse food, um, working out less. It was like the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I also just like my entire body shape changed as I kind of stepped into more of that authenticity, like was really listening to and honoring, I guess you could say my intuition. Um, Yes. Yeah. I love that. I've, you know, I've never actually heard it named like that, but I think that that is, you know, it's really important for people to investigate, um, you know, how much of what they're carrying maybe physically um, or like emotionally could be energy that really needs to be released in some way. Like think about it, right? If we're constantly absorbing, but we don't give it a space to release, where does that go? And I think that's a really easy concept for anyone to think about. Like you, if you're filling a balloon up with air and you try to keep filling it and filling it, it's going to keep getting bigger until you give it a space to release that air from. And so our bodies are the same. You know, every human, even if you're spiritual or not, you're absorbing energy. So it's, I really believe that this type of work 
And, you know, we've already seen it with meditation, but really energetic healing, spiritual healing, intuitive healing, kind of working more with these energies is the new wave that is coming in. Because I think that people are really starting to catch on to, wow, this is kind of the missing piece, right? We compare this with the acupuncture, with, you know, all the medicine and just the herbs, and we can kind of pair the two of them together, the physical and the energetic. And that's really where beautiful, powerful change can happen. Because I think kind of on that topic too, you know, one or the other, you know, maybe they aren't as powerful on their own, but kind of bringing in this full holistic view of working with energy, working with, you know, good food and good water and, you know, working your body out and kind of hitting things from all sides. It really creates this very, like, very full holistic approach to living. And I think the energy work is the piece that maybe people are really starting to catch on has been missing for a little bit. And I love that it's coming out. I think it's so important. This is like a Mm -hmm. evolution for the world. Um, Or maybe it's like a revolution. It's both, I could say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's both. It's both. So I heard you mention earlier that you're a manifesting generator in human design. Congratulations. You have the design that I wish I had, by the way. Oh, don't I'm say not that. Surprised. It's true. I mean, I'm kind of coming into my own, being a projector and whatnot. Um, but I will say I am not surprised seeing that. Um, and also, you know, in kind of participating in some of your challenges, watching your you're doing a three day meditation challenge right now. Um, when we're recording this during the same time, and you talk a lot about. I mean, you talk actually about different types of systems and practices, everything from, I noticed some astrology, um, human design you just mentioned, um, and a lot of like inner work. Can you share a little bit more about, in terms of the work that you do, like what is your philosophy? What are some of the systems that you incorporate? And if there's kind of a any reasoning behind like what really is pulled to you and the work that you do either online with clients, in workshops, et cetera? That is such a great question, by the way. Um, And I love it because (laughs) I'm kind of giggling as you were asking it. Um, All I do is follow the guidance that I receive. So I'm constantly connected to my spirit guides and I am just in constant communication with them. And so really everything that I share not to say there isn't a rhyme or reason because, you know, I, there's definitely reasons for things that I share. However, um, I'm always just channeling, kind of feeling into the energy of what to share, you know, what is my community wanting right now and kind of what's coming through for me to share with them. You know, I'm not a professional astrologer. I'm not a professional human design expert, but sometimes lessons from those things come through and I personally really enjoy them. And I love working with, you know, the moon and understanding the energies of the planets. And so I kind of have this knowledge just by being a student myself. And I'm really just open to whatever, you know, the guides share with me. And as soon as, you know, something comes through and I share it, it always ends up being, you know, what is needed in that moment. So with, you know, clients and kind of whether it's challenges or the workshops or whatever I'm choosing to do, Again, I kind of follow that philosophy of just opening up, asking, you know, what should I what should I share for this workshop and seeing what comes through. Um, same with the challenges, but I also really enjoy kind of bringing in the energy of my community and really making it about you and your experience. Um, when it comes to, you know, one-on-one work and kind of more of the higher level work that I do, it's really, everything's always so tailored to the client that I'm working with. And I think that kind of brings in, you know, the guides and the client and all of our energy coming together. And so it is really this beautiful co-creation of all the different things that I have knowledge around, but sometimes things come through that I don't actually know about. And that's how, you know, it's really, you know, this beautiful connection between me and my guides. And there's, it's funny. So when I'm in a reading, I'm channeling the whole time, or even when I'm teaching, it's a lot of channeling. Um, And sometimes things will come through and I don't know the symbol. I've never heard that word before. And that's really, those moments always make me smile because I'm like, my work is all about sharing 
you know, what the guides want me to share and really following their guidance and following, you know, what comes through from them. And as soon as I start to try to articulate or think about things, it takes me right out. So, you know, I am really just here to serve and be this vessel of, you know, guidance from my spirit guides. And I think that that is really where the truest work for me comes through. So you said something earlier that I kind of want to circle back to, and that is, I think you said that I was intuitive and that we all are. Mm -hmm. So are we all, and I mean, I know everybody has intuition, but what is your philosophy on, you know, something like being more of an intuitive or having psychic powers or having spirit guides? I don't know if that's all one and the same, so feel free to please like unravel that for me. But do you believe that every single human being, whether they're aware of it or not, kind of has that connection? I'd love to hear more about that. <laughs> yes. I believe that every single human being on this planet is intuitive. And I say that with 100% confidence. And the reason for that is we are all we are all born with these innate abilities to be connected to spirit. We are connected to the universe. We are connected to each other. We do have the ability to you know, work with energy, feel energy, read energy. And that's why, you know, if you look at children, they're so intuitive. They are, you know, our truest, purest form. And so no matter, you know, kind of where you go in life and how life, you know, taints your experiences, as a child, we all start off very similar. We're open. We're these sponges that are just absorbing, you know, opinions and ideas and energy and all of these things from the people in the environment around us. But we all start off like that. We all start off open, connected, and intuitive. You know, our intuition is a muscle. And so some of us continue to work that muscle out and others don't. And there's nothing bad or wrong about that. Um, life also, you know, gets in the way sometimes. And we all have these different experiences when we're growing up. And as we get older and, you know, your environment affects your ability to feel or think that you're intuitive, the way that you were raised, the things that you were told as a child. Um, if you had an imaginary friend and that was, you know, you got in trouble every time you talked about them, you're going to have the belief that, you know, I am not connected, or if I am seeing something, I'm crazy, right? So there's so much programming that happens to us as we're growing up, and it's really no one's fault, right? It's just the cards that we were dealt. And so that's why, you know, no matter what age you are, if you're listening to this, you are intuitive, and you can connect with your intuition, and it's not too late to start. I think that's something that's really important because you can start working at that, out that muscle if you want to. You can start connecting to your abilities if you want to. All of us have spirit guides too, right? You know, whether you believe it in or not, you come into this lifetime with this team of spirit just here for you, cheering you on, excited for you, and here to also guide you and support you. And, you know, spirit guides is a whole other topic, which I love so much and we can get into. Um, and I think the beautiful thing about spirit guides is because I'm here, I'm getting this feeling of like, I don't know if someone's listening who's like, oh, like, well, I have this team. Now I feel shame that I don't believe or I have shame that maybe I haven't connected before. And there is no shame. Your spirit guides don't judge you. They're the least judgmental. They might be sassy. They're definitely sassy, but they're some of the least judgmental energies because they have nothing to judge. They're here with unconditional love and support and guidance for you, whether you are 80 listening to this and you feel bad that you didn't believe in them, or if you're, you know, 21 and you're just like, wow, I'm so excited. I want to connect. No matter where you land on that age spectrum, which is very linear of us humans, right? You still have guides and you can still connect with them. And so how do we do that? I'm sure is the next question. But, and I think the, <laughs> she's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Um, you know, how can we connect? And that's a big question I get. And one of the first things that is coming to mind right now is just have the intention that you want to connect. Start telling yourself, I am intuitive. I trust my intuition. I'm going to start following my intuition. Now, of course, we can get into the nitty gritties. There's meditations you can do. There's mantras you can work with. You know, you can start asking for a sign. You can start connecting with your guides. But everything does come back to just the simple idea of believing that you are intuitive and then starting to act on it. 
Ooh, I love that. I feel more intuitive already. I mean, this resonates with me so deeply. Um, I just, I remember like, as you kind of bring up like some of the ways that we can tune in, I am immediately brought back to this memory, like before I had even started to accept that I wanted to study Chinese medicine. I remember I was, I was working for, um, uh, this kind of startup founder who was, um, kind of doing this whole, like, raise the round, running a workshop, kind of focused on how to help people raise the round. And he was actually coaching me informally. Um, And I remember Mm -hmm. him being like, well, what do you want to do? Because at the time, I thought that I wanted to run a tech company. I mean, like, I've been working in tech for 10, you know, over 10 years. Like, this was like the way that I was going to prove, you know, that I could do it, that I was like, you know, worthy in some way. And I just remember like, it like popped into my head, like acupuncture. And I was like, what the F is that? Like, I didn't get acupuncture that day. It was so random. And like, it almost came out of my mouth. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, this guy's like, he's like a Tony Robbins dude. Like he really brings it out of you in that moment, you know, but I just remember being so shocked by like hearing that because I wasn't expecting it. And that's like something that when I think about like that intuition or that connection is like an example for me of like, you know, a way that it perhaps came through. And it did. So not even perhaps, right? That was an intuitive hit. And that is a perfect example of one, right? It came into your head. It was kind of out of nowhere. It wasn't something that you were thinking about. That's a huge distinction that I help my students make is, you know, your intuition is different than your analytical mind. There's actually different functions in your body that are, you know, conscious versus subconscious thought. And when we're talking about intuition, you know, it isn't something that's data driven. It isn't something that even always makes sense. It isn't something that is coming from that analytical thinking mind. It's something that comes from somewhere completely different. And sometimes it drops in quickly. It gives you that feeling. It gives you just these different sensations of, oh, okay, it's catching my attention. It's dropping in quickly. I know there's something here for me. And so for you, you know, now you know, oh, I know what that feels like. That was an intuitive hit. I'm going to say it's an intuitive hit. I teach everyone you have to acknowledge it when it comes through because that's kind of building that trust, right? It's showing that I am acknowledging that was an intuitive hit. And look, you know, kind of looking back, it took me on my journey. And now look at where you are. So bringing yourself back to that intuitive hit and remembering how it felt, how it came through, what it sounded like are all ways that you can kind of start to dissect and understand how your intuition comes through for you versus, you know, those doubts, those fears, that analytical mind, that thinker that's maybe kind of trying to keep you safe or comfortable. Speaking of voices, like that was like a very clear hit. I can also recall another intuitive hit with like the end of a relationship. Like now they're all coming to me. Yep. I feel like admitting it is yep. like it opened up the door. Um, I have See? to be honest with you. I know it's crazy actually. Um, I have to be honest with you though. In terms of the voices that I hear, I also hear a lot of very negative voices, like day to day, right? Um, This isn't the only narrative, like these hits that perhaps are not logical, that are like from, you know, the soul, perhaps, I don't know where they're coming from, but like that come to me are not the only ones that come to me. How do I decouple what is an intuitive hit versus what is, you know, just you know, low self-worth or negative beliefs. I love that you're bringing this up. This is something that I take my students through and awaken because it's one of the most important things. We all have that negative self-talk. I don't care who you are. We all have it. We've all experienced it. And so even just hearing you talk about it, you know, something that I like to teach is how does that sound? I know for me, my negative self-talk, it never feels good. It's never very nice. It usually is a little spirally, like it kind of comes in and it's just like, ooh, like we're spiraling, we're going there. Versus when my intuition comes through, it's softer, it's kinder. It's never coming through as a fear. It's always coming through very comforting and kind. Even if maybe, you know, the thought, let's say the intuitive hit came through that I need to leave LA. So the action, like leaving LA might have been a little scary, but the actual intuitive hit of it's time to go now, 
was soft and kind and felt comforting. And I didn't kind of feel the fear or that, you know, anxiousness until I was like starting to think about taking the action. And so that's kind of one of the differences and something that I always recommend is start writing down, you know, how do the two different things feel? And you can start with, you know, the negative thoughts. How do those feel? How do they sound? When do they come through? Do they come in from like a certain part of your head, which might sound silly, but for me, I have different areas where different messages come through. And so just kind of getting clear and really allowing yourself to journal and really write down almost like, okay, this is like a little handbook on my negative thoughts. I call it the inner critic. And then I'm going to create, you know, a little handbook over here of my intuition. And maybe if, you know, you don't have as many examples for your intuition, it's something that you can just be aware of when, you know, you do get a shower thought. Shower thoughts are one of the most prevalent times when you are going to start getting intuitive hits if you're open to it. So think about if you had that really crazy shower thought of this brilliant idea, how did that feel? Was it fearful? Was it scary? Was it loud? Was it negative? Probably wasn't. It was probably very comforting, very exciting. And so think about that and write down all of those adjectives, write down how that felt, how you would describe it. And so now you can look, I think it's so empowering to be able to write things down and see them with your eyes versus hearing them in your head, whether that's a manifestation, whether that's, you know, mantras, whatever it is. When you write it down and look at it, you can really start to see, oh, I recognize that the negative thought this is how that feels. This is how that sounds. And then you can do the same for the intuition. And now you can really see it so that next time when you receive it, you can identify and be like, okay, that's a negative thought. That's my inner critic is what I teach in Awaken is having your inner critic identify what she or he sounds like. And then I also teach my students to give it a name. So I name my inner critic because that gives it, you know, its own identity. I understand that it's not me. It's not my thoughts. And it's my inner critic. And I can say, okay, see you later. I don't want to listen to you right now. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for that. I acknowledge you, but not today. And that kind of helps me decipher between the two and get more clear so that you can start following your intuition because you have this handbook in front of you of what you can trust versus what you can't. Do you notice any patterns like with yourself or with your clients around when kind of this inner critic comes out? Because I'm wondering like, is there kind of, are there things that tend to bring it him, her, them out that you kind of notice either on with your own work or kind of recognize through your clients' journeys? I love that. I haven't thought about that actually, but even just as you're sharing that question, I'm hearing a couple things. And one of them, of course, we're going to bring it back, back to intuition. I'm hearing, you know, when you're trying, when you're doing something, maybe you're trying to follow an intuitive hit, right? Maybe you're doing something that's taking you out of your comfort zone, something that is kind of elevating you out of the space that you're in. I'm hearing that is a prevalent time for inner critic to come through, right? Because what is inner critic? It's kind of keeping you wanting to be safe and cozy. Some of those subconscious beliefs that are kind of, you know, but this is better. This is safe. This is comfortable. Let's just stay here, right? And so if you're doing anything that's taking you to a next level, that's helping you expand, that's getting you out of your comfort zone, I'm hearing, and yeah, I agree too. Like that definitely is when it comes in for me is these, you know, times when we're expanding and up-leveling and it is a little scary. So it's easy for that inner credit to come in and be like, mm, you know, you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. Why do you think you can do that? right? And whenever those come through now, I'm hearing this is kind of a cool lesson to come in. When you start to hear that inner critic, maybe you even take it as you're actually doing something really good. So maybe hearing that inner critic is like, oh, okay, I am up-leveling. Oh, I am doing something good. I'm going to say goodbye to her and I'm going to keep moving forward because I know that's validation that I'm up-leveling my energy. Oh, I love that. Ooh, I love that. Oh my gosh. I'm going to like put that on my phone. I'm going to screenshot that. write that, that down. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't worry. I'll send you the quote because I'll be like featuring it when I feature this episode. That is amazing. So kind of in that same vein around like signs, recognizing like, oh, wow, you're on the right path. Huge thing that I hear, you know, when speaking to my friends, um, 
even like coworker. Well, I guess maybe not coworkers, not all the people at Microsoft talk about this, but like classmates. When we talk about intuition and intuitive hits, one of the struggles that a lot of people, myself included, run into is trust. What are some of the ways that we can like learn to follow that? Because like, for example, in my case, your case, like choosing to go from whatever it is that we were doing and like take this leap of faith, put yourself out there, you know, change careers, that can be so, so, so scary. Um, And so especially for people who are just tuning into recognizing that they're getting intuitive hits, what do you tell, what would you tell them or tell your clients around like how to build that trust muscle that it's kind of all going in the right direction? Trust is huge. Trust is huge. This is why I've created, you know, a course all around this. This is why, you know, there's constantly a need to teach and to hold space for this because as humans, we have such a hard time trusting. And, you know, there's so many different ways you can start to trust and there's practices you can do and there's, you know, getting out of that inner critic and dropping into the body and all of those things. But something that I'm hearing that is really important is trust is a choice, right? It's a choice. So you can either choose to trust, you can choose to follow that intuitive hit, or you can choose to not to. And it's kind of like coming back to, well, if I don't do this, then what? I'm going to always think about what if I did? I'm always going to think about, you know, maybe I should have just done that. But if you trust and you move forward and you take action on your intuition, and even as I say that, it's like, what is really identifying coming back to what we were just talking about, identifying your intuition. If, you know, I'm hearing, I need to talk about this. So that fear portion, right? If you are kind of at this crossroads with a decision and you're like, I don't know which way to go. Coming back to how does it feel in the body and how does that, how did that intuition come in? Was it fear-based Or is there fear coming in because the action is exciting and scary all in the same time? And so coming back to that, right, am I making this decision out of fear or is the decision kind of bringing up that excited fear of, oh my gosh, like my life is going to change. Things are going to change and it's scary but exciting. The actual intuition, the actual hit wasn't scary, wasn't fearful. And so coming back to that, you know, trust is is a choice, I think, for me and the times that I have trusted my intuition, it's always been for my benefit. It's always turned out in a way that was positive and purposeful for me. And, you know, when we talk about intuition, it will never lead you in the wrong direction. And I think even by just telling yourself that and telling your own intuition, I trust that my intuition will never lead me in the wrong direction. It won't because it simply can't. But it's us, you know, it's our human mind to articulate and try to analyze and try to, oh, I need to make the right decision. And, you know, when we're getting into that analyzer, that's when it kicks us out of that flow. It kicks us out of that just connection that we have and that ability to follow it. And so if you are, you know, struggling with trust, something that I like to tell people is try to trust your intuition in small ways. So kind of like giving yourself little baby steps, right? Um, We always want to turn to our intuition and trust our intuition when it's like this huge decision. That's not really fair to ourselves, right? That's kind of putting us in an icky situation where you never trust your intuition. You don't actually connect with it or rely on it. It's like going to the gym after... 10 years off of going to the gym and picking up like 100 pound dumbbells to, you know, curl. It's probably not going to work out for you. And so the same thing is for intuition. If you can start trusting it in small little ways throughout your day, whether it's even, you know, should I go on a walk at 2 p.m. or 3 p.m.? And feeling how that feels in the heart and trusting the one that you're guided to. Should I turn right or turn left? Should I go a different route to go home? Should I, you know, kind of giving yourselves these little moments throughout your day of things that don't really matter, right? If you make the quote unquote wrong decision, it's not going to actually matter. 
And so giving yourself these moments where you can start building that muscle, where you can start trusting your intuition so that when it comes to these bigger decisions, it won't be so life or death and you won't be stuck in that analytical mind because it'll just be another decision for you to make. And you already know how to trust your intuition and you've seen the results of when I follow my intuition, when I follow that feeling I get in my heart, when I follow that voice that I hear that comes in and it's really soft and quiet and it comes in, you know, maybe from the back of my head, when I get that tingling feeling in my body and I trust the decision from that, I've seen what happens and it's always good. It's always led me in the right direction. So taking those small moments every single day and starting to identify, I just gave you, you know, three different examples of how maybe your intuition might feel. A tingle, a feeling in your heart, a certain, you know, softness and a voice of an idea, a drop, a very quick drop of a knowing that comes in, kind of like what you shared earlier. So starting to see kind of how your intuition comes through, giving yourself little, you know, times to follow it. And I think that has really helped me. It helps my clients and it can kind of build that trust muscle. I feel like I'm experiencing like real life practical magic right now. (laughs) (laughs) Which is my favorite. I love it. I love it. Oh, that is so good. So speaking about like analytical mind and like that flowy intuitive side, I love kind of thinking about these two um, as like coexisting because I mean, they do like we're living in this world, (laughs) which kind of requires both. I would love to hear from you. How do you integrate these two parts of yourself? You know, because I see you online and I'm like, oh, gosh, she's so flowy, like connected, mystic, mystical. Right. And, (laughs) you know, but at the end of the day, like we're all, you know, we have to wake up in the morning and like brush our teeth, you know, or like do grocery, go grocery shopping or like do our taxes. Like, how do you maintain connection with both or is it something that like switches on and off throughout the day and so you're either all one or all the other depending on what's going on? This is such an interesting question. Um, and I, I love it because, you know, as you're asking it, I'm kind of like, hmm, you know, I've never actually thought about that. And I think for me, so I'm a very heavy Capricorn. Like I have a lot of, I think I have, really? Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm a Capricorn too. I didn't know this, but I'm like so excited by this. (laughs) I'm telling you, like I have met the best women who are Capricorns. We rule. Um, So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's true. I'm putting it out there. All you Capricorns love them. But I have like six planets in Capricorn all in the eighth. There's just like a lot of Capricorn energy happening in my life. And for so long, um, I was kind of very analytical. And, but even as I say that, you know, I, I don't know why I used to say this as a kid. I always used to say, I'm, you know, I'm the best of both worlds. I have really strong right brain and really strong left brain. I remember like telling people that, and I don't even think I actually knew what that meant. Like, I don't think I really understood that. And so even, even as I'm sharing that, I think I always kind of had this very nice flow of the two. I will say, you know, kind of to more answer your question. Um, Now that I've really tapped into this side of me that is very in touch with my intuition, is very connected with my guides, kind of really in this space a lot, I feel like that energy has really just bled throughout my whole life. And, you know, feeling that connection I don't really want to go into super analytical. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel as supportive for me. And Hey, I, I love to, you know, I love knowledge. I love learning. Like I love, I don't love numbers, but like, Hey, I can, I can get down with some numbers. And so, you know, not to say I'm totally not analytical, but I think I've really allowed my intuition to kind of flow into maybe some of those more, you know, the taxes or the brushing the teeth, the more routines. And for me, it feels really joyful. I feel more happy when I'm in this state of flow. And, you know, I think sometimes when we are afraid to get into that flow, or if we can't seem to connect with it as easy, it is some of our own, you know, beliefs around being afraid of letting go of that analytical, because we're so such an analytically driven society, right? When you think about the things that make a lot of money or the jobs we should have or the things we should strive for, it's like, you know, being really smart, going to school, getting all these jobs that are very, you know, like 
very analytical, very data-driven. We all look things up on Google before we ask ourselves what the answer is. And so I think kind of moving into flow takes us out of that. It takes us out of what society tells us is right, is good, is what we should do. And so for me, you know, now that I'm kind of more in the flow, it's like, ooh, I like this over here. I can still get, you know, the things done. I can still, you know, build a spreadsheet. I still answer emails. Like I do all those things, but I do it from a place of intuition. When I go to the grocery store, I'm intuitively thinking, you know, but I'm not thinking. I'm working with my intuition. Hello. Um, I am intuitively, you know, asking myself, what do I want? What am I drawn to? Right. Kind of making that experience more in flow. And so I think inviting more flow into our lives allows these kind of mundane, you know, experiences that we all have to go through just feel a little bit more connected, feel a bit more intuitive and feel a bit more joyful. That's a really interesting question. I've never really thought about it like that. Mm, I I also love your answer, by the way. Yeah, because um, as I mentioned, I also am a Capricorn with a lot of Mm -hmm. Capricorn in my chart. I would definitely say that when I worked in corporate, it was like an on or off switch. And so maybe it spoke more to the misaligned environment. But, you know, I hear it from people all the time. And so I think you sharing this example, you know, around how this works in your life, how you kind of integrate the two. It is such a beautiful example of yin and yang, for lack of a better word, in flow. And I mean, that's the theme of this podcast. And so I'm just so, yeah, I'm so grateful that you shared that because I think that will be inspiring for so many people. Thank you. And, you know, just to round out that thought, I'm I'm not always up in the air, right? I think something that a misconception that a lot of people have is that if you're spiritual, you're just kind of like floating in the clouds all day. I ground myself every single day and I I'm a very earthy human, right? Yes, there's mystical sides of me. Yes, I'm connecting with guides, but you know, we're human beings having a human experience. And so we're actually, we're spirits having a human experience, but you get what I mean there. And so, right, there is a place for the analytical. There is a place for data. There is a place for all these things. But I think not giving our power away to that is really what's important. And keeping ourselves grounded and rooted and connected to the earth can also open up even more flow and have the flow be almost just it serves us in the way that it needs to. And so I don't want anyone thinking, oh, she, she hates analytical mind. Like, no, I don't. You know, it still serves me. I'm still a business owner. I have to, you know, bring in structure and, you know, have calendars and have all those things. And I'm not against it. I love it. And I think that when you bring the two together and invite flow into those things that maybe are a bit more structured, it kind of allows a structure to take form in the way that really serves you in the best way. So bringing the flow and the structure together, I think, is something to play with. That is a great challenge. I am definitely going to test that out a bit more (laughs) this week. So thank you. So, Nicole, I literally could speak with you for hours, but um, I'm going to use the structured side of my Capricorn right now to be mindful (laughs) of the time. Um, Seriously, this has been such a pleasure. And I know that everyone, after they listen to this, are going to be like, where can I find her? Please, can you tell the audience, you know, where can they find you? What are some of the exciting things you have coming up? Um, I know you have a workshop coming up, which might have already passed by the time this goes live, but just share with our audience the types of things that you put out into the world because I know that there are going to be a lot of people that are going to want to really tune into that and get involved. Thank you. It has been so wonderful getting to speak to you. We could speak for hours. So I'm always down for that. Um, Yeah, you guys can connect with me all over social. My name is Nicole Mariline. It's kind of a funky spelling, so I'm sure you'll see it in the show notes. Um, But connect with me on Instagram, on TikTok. I'm always coming out with either a monthly workshop. There's usually some challenges that I have going on as well, which are kind of really easy and accessible ways to work with me. I also go live quite a bit. So if you're super new to this work, come join me on a live. It's always fun to connect in that space, 
totally free. Um, but by the time this comes out, I will be having some kind of new and fun, higher level psychic courses coming out. So if you're interested in psychic development and really kind of working with just some deeper healing experiences for yourself, please check out my website. I'm sure more information will be out while this is, you know, opening and coming out. Um, and yeah, just connect with me on social. That's probably the best place to see what, see what's going on and ask me any questions as well. Thank you. And Nicole, is there anything that you want to leave the audience with? I know we covered a lot, but if there's one message that you want them to walk away with, what would it be? I would say, remember just how intuitive you are and don't allow your past stories, beliefs, environment, programming really dictate your ability to step into your power in the future. And really, 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 I know I say this all the time, but you are so much more intuitive than you think. So start telling yourself that and really trust it and believe it because you are. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Nourish. If you enjoyed this conversation, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps the podcast grow. Also, as I tease at the beginning, if you want to connect with Nicole and learn more about Spiritual Summer Camp, which is a two-week uplifting virtual experience designed to inspire you to embrace your childlike energy and rewrite the negative thoughts and patterns that weigh you down, be sure to check out the show notes for more information. Finally, to connect with me, Kasha, and learn about the work that I do as a holistic life coach or my studies as a student of Chinese medicine, please reach out to me on Instagram at Mira underscore wellness underscore co. Thanks again for being a listener and see you next time.